Thank you for joining us today on Salon Sluice. My name is Leslie and my co-host is Melissa. I want to remind all of you who listen to us on a regular basis, or maybe this is your first time, to please follow, subscribe, like, share, whatever the case may be for the platform you are on. Now we do post these episodes on YouTube with video for those of you who'd rather watch. We enjoy making these shows, but unless you interact with us, we're not sure if you do. So please jump on your social media and let us know. You can find us under Salon Sluice on almost any platform. Now we hope you enjoy today's show. Thank you. Hi, ladies. Well, I'm Hi. Melissa Schultz. I'm actually not Leslie. If you see Leslie on there, she's my co-host, but I'm on our Salon Sluice um, uh, Zoom account. So I wanted to welcome you both. Um, Jenny Stapleton, correct? Yes. And Lorna Patrick. And I would love first to just you guys introduce yourself and then both maybe talk about Fauna and your relationship with her, who she was. Again, for our listeners, we're talking about the disappearance of Fauna Frey. Um, 45 year old white female went missing just in 2020, um, June 28th of 2020. But I really want to hear, I think sometimes we get lost in the details of what happened and we don't really know the person. And so I want you guys to, you know, introduce yourselves, talk about your relationship with her and, and who she was as a person. Okay. Well, hello, Melissa. So I'm Jenny and I am a friend of Fauna's. I met Fauna in high school and, um, I actually saw Fauna the day after her brother had passed away. Uh, we ran into each other at um, a store and I hadn't seen her for quite some time. And at that moment is when I realized that her brother had passed away and we talked about it for a while. And um, of course she was really upset. And then um, about, oh, probably about another month later, I got a call from a mutual friend of ours and asking if I knew that Fauna was missing. And at that time, I had no idea. And I actually thought she had, I had seen her since she went missing. So I'm like, oh, that can't be possible. I just ran into her a couple weeks ago. And anyway, when I called my husband, I realized that it had been, um, we weren't sure on the date. And then I talked to John, Fauna's dad, mm -hmm. and I'd seen her prior to her leaving to go to Grand's Pass. And so I knew that I had seen her prior from the time that she had went missing. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, so Fawn and I were, were really good friends in high school. And that's kind of how I got involved um, with the case and, and helping John search for Fauna. Okay. And was she living in Dexter at the time or was that Cottage Grove or? Yes. Um, so she was living in Dexter with her dad. Um, her brother also lived on the property as well. Um, they are builders and they build together. They build homes and they were in the middle of finishing up a spec home. And um, yeah, they're really tight family and they've worked together for years. Okay. And he died like a massive heart attack, correct? Yeah. He had a heart condition that they didn't know about and it was completely unexpected and he passed away um, completely unexpected right before and they were in the middle of actually working on this house together. Okay. Um, but yeah, he had passed away from a heart condition. And how did she seem to you when you saw her? Like obviously upset, right? Yeah. I mean, she didn't want to talk about it, but I'd asked how her brother was. And so she just started crying. And so, um, I think that's what initially brought it up. You know, we were talking about our family and stuff. And I said, well, you know, how, how's your brother? And, and all of a sudden she just started crying. She didn't even say anything. She started crying. And I said, Fauna, what happened? And she said, Dallas just died. He just died yesterday. I said, what? I mean, I was in complete shock you know he's only 48 years old and he's just a few years older than us and so I just couldn't believe that he was so young and he had passed away and so we sat and talked for a while right in the middle of the you know the aisle at the store and you know just like anybody she's yeah. in shock she's upset she was crying I was crying like it was just one of those um you know, really moments that you're heartbreaking like, moments. Yeah. There's nothing I can say to her that's going to make her feel better. either. Absolutely. Yeah. It was, it was shocking um, for sure. Because like I said, he was so young and I think I could tell by Fauna's reaction too. She was just, you know, in shock and just couldn't believe that her, her, her brother had passed away. They were pretty close siblings. So. Okay. And how about you, Lorna? My name's Lorna and I meant Fauna 
when she was younger, she is good friends with my nieces. And being the auntie, I got to know her that way. Um, they used to come to my house and I was at my sister's a lot. And this was back when she was in high school. So, okay. um, and then I got involved because my niece, Mickey is involved and asked me to help. And I reached out to John and that was probably late July. Okay. And have been helping ever since. Yeah. And you know, the frustrating part for, for, for people who want to help is you don't really know what to do and, and how to help. And I just want to, you know, thank you guys for continuing to try to keep this in the media and in the hearts and minds of everyone, because I think that, um, I I'm frustrated that she hasn't been found already. I'm frustrated by a few facts and, and details that I'm going to ask you guys about, about the police investigation. Um, and then it sounds like you just had a conversation with the investigator down in Grants Pass. But before we maybe get to that, maybe we should talk about the timeline that we do know of the days before she went missing. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I can do that. Um, okay. So we know within the, the 10 days prior to her missing, when her brother had passed away, her dad and her did a lot of hiking and that's what they do a lot. They do, you know, some short hikes and stuff. And, um, she decided to go down to Grants Pass to deliver the news about her brother's passing and to take something of her brother's to some friends. Um, and so that night she had left. Um, and then she had went. Uh, we know that, you know, it's on the timeline. It's on our fine mm -hmm. hashtag fine fauna fry Facebook page. Um, she had went to Crestwell. We know that she had put $20 of gas in her car that day on June 28th. Um, we know that um, at 1150, um, she would have picked up some chicken strips. We don't know what store she bought them at, um, but I was assuming it was Wolf Creek. I do know that um, someone, Sean, who she went to go visit, said that Wolf Creek, their machine was down, their, their heat lamps or something for the, for the chicken strips. So he said that she couldn't have purchased them there however I don't know where else she could have purchased them because they were so hot that the dog couldn't eat them right away so it had to have been somewhere near his home and he lives in Wolf Creek okay so let's let's pause there was that on the 27th or the 26th that was on the 28th oh that was actually on the 28th okay yeah so but she left she left her dad on the 27th she did. Yes. Okay. And I guess one of the questions that I had immediately was from Dexter to Grants Pass. It's not, you don't need to spend the night, but she stayed in her car that night, correct? Yeah. She stayed in her car. Okay. Um, she was upset and okay. she had, she had stayed in her car. We don't know where she stayed in her car, but we do know um, that she stayed in her car. Cause when she had contacted her dad the next day, um, she had told her dad, okay. um, you know, that, that she had, slept in her car so that's okay. the only reason we know um that she had slept in a car and we know that she went and at 1008 to get gas at Cresswell 76 station so she had to stay somewhere between Dexter and Cresswell and that on the, on the 1008 that's a.m correct correct so, 1008 a.m mm -hmm. right yes. don't we know that she stayed at a hotel like a motel six or a motel eight it was a super eight and it wasn't until the 28th. She stayed at uh, okay. super eight that night. Okay. Okay. And so we know that she picked up chicken strips and how do we know that the, they were too hot for the dog or whatever? Uh, Sean, um, okay. Sean is a friend, a childhood friend of her brother, Dallas. And he had said that she'd stopped by and had told Sean about her brother's passing okay. and had given him something of her brother's. And then she was looking for an address to her mom's boyfriend's house. She wanted to, to tell him about Dallas's passing and also give him something. Okay. And he ended up, um, they, she didn't have a phone with her as far as we knew, as okay. far as Sean knew. Um, and he looked up an address for her or he assumed she didn't have a phone, I should say. Okay. 
um, he looked up an address and gave her an address of where her mom's boyfriend lived. Now her mom passed away in 2004. So right. she had, you know, lost some contact lost with him. Yeah. Okay. And so she wanted to go to his house. So we do know that was her next, um, stop, stop was going to be to see him at some point. Um, according to Sean, she had nothing in her car. Her car was empty. So that tells me she wasn't planning on staying down there. Right. Um, we know that she was only there for about 30 minutes with Sean and basically had told him they looked up an address and she went on her way. We know for a fact that she didn't end up making it to the next destination because we have been to that home and they said she never showed up. Okay. Um, we know and that she, she also went to the store. She went to a big five. Yes. Yeah, so she went to big five, um, the next day. Okay. Um, we know that she went to um, Fred Myers that night. Okay. So she actually was going to go from Sean's on the 28th. Yes. And then she was going to go to the mom's boyfriend, but she didn't actually make it. But she did. We do know that she stayed at the Super 8 that night on the, on the 28th. Yes. And we know that okay. she was down at Cave Junction because she got gas at 7.04 p.m. in Cave Junction at the Chevron. And then on she the checked 28th the 28th yeah okay. and she, she checked into super eight hotel at 7 45 and if you map it she had enough time to get gas and go straight to the hotel to check in and then after that is when she called her dad when she got to her room right and the the whole hitchhiker thing that we may talk about a little bit more that happened on the 28th as well correct okay and was she used to picking up hitchhikers is this something she typically did no, she would never have picked up a hitchhiker. Okay, but it was a woman. It was a lady. Um, okay. And her first name was Desiree. Okay. Um, she told her father, and that's how we know who it is, okay. um, that he, she had picked her up. Um, she explained to her that she kind of felt like she was an angel to Desiree, was helping her out, okay. gave her a ride. And she told her dad it was like somebody that she frequent a store up here and there was a gal that works up here that um fauna thinks the world of and fauna says it doesn't matter you know what kind of day she's having when she sees this lady at this the store up here in dexter she's always so kind and she just always makes her feel um you know she always makes her Good feel about herself so. Yeah. So she kind of, she kind of compared that to how she made Desiree feel that day that, you know, like she was, uh, you know, made her feel that, she, you know, really good. She gave her a ride and she had dropped her off. Um, according to Desiree, she said she gave her $5. We don't know if that's, if that's true. That's according to the hitchhiker. That, um, that Fauna gave her $5. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Okay. But we, we, again, this is, it's really hard to to know for sure yeah um this hitchhiker isn't completely all there so okay. we are not sure if that's 100 percent true okay okay and this hitchhiker what what made her do we do we even have a clue did the hitchhiker say what made her pick her up was she like she asking needed. people for rides or if she wouldn't have just picked up somebody off the road was she like you know, approached her somewhere and said, you know, we're, we weren't there, okay. um, Melissa, but I'm assuming she was hitchhiking. Maybe, you know, she had, okay. her, you know, was hitchhiking and Fauna pulled over and asked her if she needed, you know, what did she need? Maybe she needed a ride. I, I really don't have any idea. She didn't tell her dad as okay. to other than she needed a ride and she gave her a ride and dropped her off. So we know where she picked her up and we know where she dropped her off. The reason I kind of ask is because on your Facebook page that you guys have set up, which is great to get the word out. Um, a lot of people get stuck on the hitchhiker, mm -hmm. which I'm not really sure why, because I, she was seen after the hitchhiker, the hitchhiker was on the 28th. And as I understand it, she checked out of the motel eight on the 29th. So I kind of just wanted to like put that out there so we could sort of put a nail in that and go, you know, while, while it's an interesting part of the story, it doesn't, it's not the linchpin, I don't think at least no. to no. why, where she went and where she's, she's at right now. And right. the hitchhiker said it was a five minute ride at that. Okay. Okay. And if you map it, it really was, it was a very short drive. 
Um, I think why people are so concerned about the hitchhikers because it's not like Fauna to pick up a hitchhiker. Um, you know, and she was seen in Rogue River the next day. Um, the hitchhiker was? No, Fauna was. She went to the bank and that's kind of far away from the hotel. So, you know, people are questioning why she was at the bank taking out some cash. So I think people are coming up with their own assumptions is that maybe she was meeting back up with her. We have no proof of that. Um, and I think that's why people are getting confused. You know, everybody wants to help. Right. And, you know, it. And at first you hear a hitchhiker and you don't think a woman. So that's the other sure. thing about that is that, you know, when I first heard hitchhiker, I'm like, what are you talking about? What hitchhiker? And then they, dro- she dropped her off. I, I, I don't correct me if I'm wrong at a fish hatchery. And so I'm like, well, that's weird. And she got a two day pass, you know, I mean, you start reading all this stuff and then you have to just make sense of it all and and absolutely yeah and so that's why i kind of agree with you i just don't think there's anything to the story of the hitchhiker um it sounds like maybe there's mental or or um substance abuse just absolutely. A small comment i mean you can you can look her up i mean people yeah. know they figured out um who she is she's you know people know who she is down in that area and let's not bugger and make her life hell people <laughs> let's not you know cyber stalker or whatever yeah i mean I just, and she's still incarcerated so yeah oh, okay. we can't actually talk to her we had to send an attorney and in to interview her and that's why how we found out um again that she gave her five dollars and it, we we don't know if that's true or not that's just coming from, from the hitchhiker so and what is she know. incarcerated for Actually, I don't know. Um, okay. I, I have no idea, actually. It said probation violation, and that's all we know. But okay. she was arrested again August 29th. And that was before Fauna's car was found. No, that was after Fauna's. No, Fa- was you're right. Before Fauna's car. Fauna's car was found on September 23rd. 23rd. And three months, three months after she went missing. And yeah. I want to talk about that too. And I, I, I want everybody to be able to hear the story, but also you can go back and listen to our first podcast. If you, or look at her, her, um, website, findfonafray.com to find out all the, you know, specifics about the places she went, because, um, I don't want to spend a whole, I want to spend some time on that, but I don't want to like, just bog us down with the timeline and not really, you know, get to where we are now, how we can help find her. Um, but I do think it's important that the car was there, um, was found three months later over what is the busiest time in, you know, in, yeah. in, in the woods, right? People well, are hunting yeah. or they're not hunting, they're hiking and they're out doing outdoors things down there. And it was three months before the car was found. Correct. Can you well, talk about that a little? Sure. First of all, I wanted to correct it. So it is pronounced Fry, Fauna Fry. Oh, okay. Was I saying Frey? You were. Okay, sorry. Everybody does because it's okay. spelled like that, but it's actually uh, pronounced Fry, Fauna Fry. Fry. Okay. Yes. Thank you. And um, yes, yeah, so it, her car was found on Reuben Mountain and uh, I'd only been down there one time and that was for the search. Um, and this location, it's, it's pretty sketchy. Honestly, it's got uh, a lot of homeless people there there's a lot of um you know clothes on the ground there's a lot of garbage and trash where her car was found is definitely in a remote location you can't see it from the main road um and you have to walk down the side road that it's on because the side road kind of curves to the right and her car was literally headed um pulled in against the log on that road and you can't see it from the main road so it was almost hidden. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was the homeless thing. The homeless thing kind of perks my ears a little. Okay. So I guess then maybe maybe it could have been there for three months. You know, the police had looked at it and said there was cobwebs there. They definitely think it was there for at least a month, but they're not sure. Um you know, we don't really know, have answers to the car. The car, um, they haven't completely processed the car. They have gotten some fingerprints and some DNA, but we're waiting on Central Point to process the car. The problem is it's not a criminal investigation yet. 
So they cannot process it or they can process it, but it actually, it's not priority. So that's what we're running into. Okay. And first of all, like I'm kind of familiar with the area, but Central Point is a ways from Grants Pass. So that's where the Oregon State Crime Lab is. Oh, okay. And that's where the fingerprints and the DNA were sent to. Oh, okay. So it's not being done locally. It's going to the Oregon State. Is this being taken over by the state police then and, and state detectives or by Grants Pass? Um, no. So it's the Sheriff Daniels at Josephine County is in charge of this case. Okay. Um, Oregon State Police um, has interest in it because it is, she is a Lane County gal. She's okay. a Lane County girl. And so they have asked, um, Josephine County will not let them take over the case, but they will let them assist it. Okay. And so they are assisting Sheriff Daniels at Josephine County and they're working together on this case. Um, and that's why it's being processed at the Central Point Crime Lab. Okay, so let's just let's just stop right there when it then when they say because there's no crime um i'm confused by that because there's indications of a crime so well whatever. you know i'm confused too um i didn't realize you know until going through what i've gone through with fauna it's right. not like you see on TV. It's not like things just get sent in and you, you right. know, run the prints through a computer program and everything's done immediately. Everything takes time. And there are certain things, certain ways that they have to go about this. Um, they had no indication that it was a, a criminal investigation. Um, at this point, um, you know, they're investigating it still. They're, but she is a missing persons and person uh, right, but endangered it, and it possibly endangered, correct? Correct. But the problem okay. is, it's not against the law to be 45 and go missing. Correct. I understand that. But her family can say, look, this Absolutely. isn't like her. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what doesn't make sense in my eyes, um, yeah. that it'd be treated differently if you're 18 and, or if you're, you know, 18 and under. But because she's an adult, it's treated differently. Um, and until it's, they have... You know, having done this a while now and not very long, it seems like that's up to personal interpretation, whoever's got the case or decides that because, you know, they can do whatever they want. Um, they can say, hey, this doesn't seem right, you know. Right, but we have no proof. So that's the right. problem. Right. If we had proof that there was a criminal investigation that somebody, if there was anybody that was involved with Fauna, which we know there is, somebody knows yeah. something. Yeah. And eventually i believe it'll turn into a criminal investigation um we just they don't have anything yet but uh there's definitely you know things in in the process so has anyone um been arrested or do you know taken into custody from that homeless camp there no i don't believe so um they no i don't believe anybody has i know that um my understanding is the police contacted the hitchhiker and she would not speak to them, but John found her on the streets and she actually talked to John. John had to show her a picture of Fauna from the flyer and she recognized her. And that's when she started saying how beautiful his daughter was. And she, I mean, I think she was probably strung out a little bit and John got a little information from her, but not much. Does she have a boyfriend? Does Desiree have a boyfriend? apparently she has a husband common law a common law husband because now I'm, I'm taking back everything I said and I'm kind of coming once you said that there was a homeless camp where this car was found I kind of went oh that kind of perked my ears and then I want to know the people around Desiree and and so I guess I, maybe you misunderstood me yeah so, maybe um you know, so there's not a homeless camp where the car okay. was found. It's okay. on a mountain where, um, I, I shouldn't say homeless. There's a lot of like garbage there. There's a lot of people that just dump things. They steal cars. They dump the cars up on this mountain. They rummage through it. They throw the stuff out. Like, you know, where Fauna's car was found, there's a bunch of kid clothes around her car. Clearly that's okay. not Fauna's. So it'd been there prior to Fauna's car. Um, so, so it's not like people are living there. No, I think it's somewhere that people dump, dump things stuff. they don't want anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay. And maybe camp. 
and um, leave their mess. I don't think it's like a homeless camp. It's right. a mining community. It's a mining community. There's lots of miners in that area. And that's another issue. Um, they're very private. They're very private. You have to get permission to go on their property. We can search. We've searched. The search and rescue has searched, but they've only been able to search around mining areas. And, you know, if we got the chance or the opportunity to search some of their properties, that would be amazing. Um, but we've only searched around their properties. Um, I don't believe they've searched any mines. Now they have checked mines because in that area, they've checked, I believe five miles of mines of ones that are on the map. There are, they're called venting holes and they're anywhere from like six to like 18 feet across. They're huge. Um, and when I was up there with the search and rescue, it took seven seconds to hear a rock drop at the bottom of that mining, that mine shaft, that venting uh -huh. hole. So uh -huh. and you can't really see them. They're, they're kind of, I mean, it's scary. Mm -hmm. I mean, could it, she could have came across the mine and not seen it and stepped right down in it, but. Okay. So let's talk about that because that brings up the whole, um, big five, uh, purchases and can you tell me in the timeline, refresh my memory or make sure it's clear. Okay. She stopped at a ATM Correct. and she did that on which day? So June 29th, the next day after staying okay. at, a, at Super 8, she we knew that she was going to go stay in another hotel. She didn't like staying in hotels. She wanted to find something more like a cabin-like right. that she told her dad on the phone. So we know at 8.35 a.m. they have a video showing her leaving Super 8 and Grand's Pass. Um, she went to Rogue River to the Umpqua Bank and took out uh, $200 with, of cash that day. Okay. And then there was an, a big open area from 944 to 1240 um, that she went to Big Five and purchased some, some things for, um, well, it's out there on the timeline on our, on yes. our website. And, and it's random stuff, like a couple little small LED well, there are very many. I mean, everyone's yeah. saying, oh, she looks like she was going camping. These flashlights are mini flashlights. And the right. lantern was a, a lantern, wasn't it on the keychain, key Lorna? Keychain lantern. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lantern for her keychain. It was not a big lantern you would right. take. And key like lantern. a sports bra, uh, new right. leggings. Um, yeah. Was it a tennis shoe, tennis shoes too? Am a I pair of shoes. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. They said, um, like I said, she went down there with no, no clothes Nothing, no bag right. or anything so it makes sense that she'd have to go purchase you know some clothes um if she was going to stay down there another day right and i i guess that to me speaks more to the fact that she was not planning on doing something to herself no. um she bought uh i actually pulled up my list she stopped at fred meyer and she purchased socks vo5 shampoo pantene conditioner two Burt's Bees uh, chapstick, a deli sandwich, a bag of potato chips, active wear clothing, two cans of Foster, which I think is beer. Mm -hmm. um, and so this, and, and at Big Five, she had purchased the lantern, three little flashlight capris, tennis shoes, and a sports bra. So this was not a girl who, you know, was going to do some big time camping. And it wasn't somebody who was you know, on her last moments of her life um, to buy those things. That that doesn't line up to me, right? right. Am I right? Okay. Yeah, you're completely correct. Okay, and, and when I kind of mapped it out, when she went to the new motel, or she, she called, I should say, she called the new motel that she was gonna go to, which I can't recall the name, I'd have to look back at my we notes. Ask you in, yeah. Yes, um, that was, to the east of I-5 and where her car was found was way out in the boonies to the west, like probably 40 minutes. Right, I don't, we don't know for sure if she drove her car up there. Yes, um, that's what I'm saying. I mean, honestly, where she parked, where that car was parked, I would probably say she wasn't going, I don't think, I don't know. I go back and forth, to be honest with you, she would have taken her car up there because where her car was parked, was parked where you couldn't actually see it. So I don't think she would park up there because where her car was found, there was like, you know, garbage around it and stuff like that. If I pulled up in an area like that, I probably wouldn't have parked my car there. 
Right. And I don't think Fauna would too, but you got to remember Fauna's mourning the loss of her brother who she's lost her mom, her sister and her brother. She is just devastated. I mean, she could have been having a nervous breakdown. It's very, very possible. Yes. And let's, let's talk about that a little bit because I think she wouldn't have intentionally and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think she would have intentionally done that to her father No, and, and been one more heartbreak for him. No, I, I, I think, think she so. was heartbroken for sure. And distraught, I'm sure. But I don't think she would have intentionally done that to her father. No, um, she wouldn't leave him alone. I just, I cannot fathom that being close to him. Um, that she would have done that. So I agree. And there was no hiking. I didn't find like, oh, it's a big trailhead to go hike the, you know, some cool hike, right? Because I could see her hiking. No, it's just a big gravel road going up the mountain. Okay. Um, if she wanted to hike, I think she would have parked down <laughs> at the Graves Creek boat landing mm -hmm. and there's trails there. Right, right. In yeah. fact, when we were there with search and rescue, we saw a couple of people and they actually go on the side of the mountain. They mm -hmm. weren't going up the road where her car was found. They go up on a little side of the mountain. There's a little hiking trail. Um, and I, and you can park down at the bottom. That's where people were doing there. In fact, we had to move the search and rescue. We moved to a different location because it's quite popular to park down there. Okay. Okay. So I'm just going to kind of, there's just a couple more questions that I want to make sure that I address with you guys. If you don't mind, sure. I'll just kind of pepper you and we'll see what, where it goes. Um, you know, you kind of sift through this stuff and people get things out of context. And that's really why it's important for you guys to be on to sort of clarify these things. I heard boyfriend, but then the boyfriend's mother. And so was, did she also have an ex-boyfriend in town? In no. Okay. So her mom, her mom was, um, had a longtime boyfriend, okay. um, that she lived with and okay. she was going to see the boy, the mom, the mom has passed away in 2004. She was going to see her mom's boyfriend to give him something of Dallas's, the brothers. And that was, um, her mom's boyfriend. Fauna did not have a boyfriend. Okay. Okay. Um, and she didn't have an ex-boyfriend in Grants Pass or anything. No. Okay. No. Did she, she did spend time in Grants Pass. Did she live in Grants Pass or was that just when she was like visiting her mom? Yeah. So she lived there until she was a sophomore in high school. Okay. And then she moved up here. Um, okay. and then at, um, a later date, what years did she live down there? Do you, I don't, I was trying to find out. Yeah. I don't recall. She did have a house down there. Um, okay. she did live down there for a little while as an adult, but honestly, I'm not sure, um, the years I'd have to look that up. Okay. Okay. So the other thing that is brought up about her possibly having her brother's phone on her yes. and not being able to get those records. And I guess as someone who just, you know, is a voyeur into a lot of researching these cases, I don't understand that because he's dead. There's no more privacy issues on that. I don't understand why those can't be requested by dad and be given over by the phone company because there's no privacy issues anymore. Well, that's a great question. And that's something that Lorna and I have asked all along. But here's the thing, there's a, there's a lot of rules when it's not a criminal investigation, they cannot get a subpoena to get records. So what has happened is we, believe, we know that Fawn at one point had her brother's phone. She couldn't, um, we believe that is the phone that she called from because we know for a hundred percent that she did not call from the hotel, um, motel. The hotel, yeah. The hotel phone, because okay. we talked to the hotel, the hotel said there was no long distance calls, which it would be long distance from yeah. her, her room. So we know that she had to call from a phone. We believe it was Dallas's because I, we have her two cell phones. She had two phones, uh, one, an older one and one that she had currently that she didn't have on her. So we're assume, we're pretty sure, pretty certain that she had her brother's phone. They cannot ping it because it's not a criminal investigation. They can't get records because um, they can't get a subpoena to get records because it's not a criminal investigation. Yeah. Can't, can't dad just say, okay, my son died. I need, I'm taking I care know. of all of this stuff. It makes sense, I right? To, yeah. I need you to give me this. Right. 
we have tried and tried and tried and we have begged to get his records even john cannot even get his own records so we are trying to get from CenturyLink the the call log of incoming calls yeah and we can't even get john's call log of incoming calls from CenturyLink why out of court order what yeah i mean and if they would do that we could see what number Fauna called that night on and we could ping that phone. We would, then the, I believe the cops could ping it, but we cannot, we have tried and tried. It makes no sense to me because John is asking for his own records. Yeah. They will not release them. That makes no sense to me. If any of our listeners understand why that is, please help us or figure out how to, how we can work around that because that doesn't make any sense. I mean, I thought, there here's records he should be able to and because his, it's his son and he's taking care of his estate or whatever he should be able to get his records too like i don't get that i don't either you know we put it out there on on social media see if somebody else can help us and it doesn't seem i mean we haven't been able to get the records we've john has hired an attorney the, the attorney even said it's like almost impossible to get records unless and it's do you remember what the there was a law out there protecting do you remember? I can't remember what it's called. I, um, I, I mean, I get into my, a wall in so many different avenues. areas of this case. You know, I, mean, I we, get my bill every month and it's got my calls on it from my cell phone. But that, that's a cell phone. He, she yeah, calls so the home where's, phone. Where's brother's cell phone statement? Um, I don't know. It's a track phone. And so they're oh, you did say that, and I did hear that she had she had a track phone too. Didn't yeah, she? yeah, yep. They, oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, the only reason she may have used that phone and made one phone call, but we went on and kept adding minutes to that phone number. Yeah, of Dallas's, and it never changed ever. So she clearly has not used it since if, right. if she has it, you know, um, you know. And what was the state of her, does, can anybody speak to the state of her mental health? I mean, obviously her dad was distraught as well. They were both distraught having had this only happen 10 days earlier, but does anybody know, um, even the friend, I can't remember what you said, Sean, no. does anybody have a feeling about her state of mind? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you, cause I actually saw her, you know, yeah. the next day she wasn't any different than anybody else has ever acted. You know, I lost my mom and so I can compare it. And so can Lorna. She's lost her parents. Fauna did not act any different than anybody else going through a, a tremendous loss. Um, she was hurt. She was crying. Um, you know, she yeah. was able to still speak to me. We hugged each other and we were both crying. Mm -hmm. Sure, she was devastated. I mean, you could see the pain, but she was well aware that she was going down to Grant's Pass to deliver the news in person rather than just call up a right. phone and say, hey, you know, Dallas has passed. She wanted to do this in person rather than on the telephone. So to talk about her state of mind, um, you know, she could have been having a nervous breakdown, but the day that I saw her, I would say she, she was acting as if anybody has lost their loved one. Um, I think, I think that, you know, she was just like anyone else, you know, she is going through a tremendous loss. Um, I don't know. I, I, so I don't how about, have anything to add to it, but I just, I don't think it was anything abnormal. Um, I don't know. I just what about Sean? What did Sean say after she left? He he expected that she was moving on to well, the boyfriend, the mom's boyfriend. Does he? Sean Sean said that she was only there for a short time. He said that he looked up an address and couldn't. His cat laid on his computer and broke his computer, so for thirty days couldn't tell us where he sent Fauna. So eventually, I asked him. I offered to pay for his computer to get fixed so he, we could find out that next destination. And eventually one of his friends as an IT guy came down that weekend, who's also a friend of Dallas, and he was able to look at his computer and get into it and find out the website that he used to pull up an address and then gave us that address. So 
John didn't really have anything other than, you know, he was so distraught to learn about the passing of Dallas because again, I mean, he's so young to pass away. I think everybody's just so shocked. Um, I mean, I don't think any of this makes sense. Right. And we're sure he, he never got to, she never got to mom's boyfriend. We're positive. She never did because we went to that address on onion mountain road and we spoke to, first of all, the address he sent her to was a like a country area, but the other address on Onion Mountain Road is a residence address. We went to both locations. John has hiked, he's actually hiked to both of them. And uh, the lady said she had never made it and she's always home. Um, mm-hmm. And so we know for a fact, she never made it there. So those two addresses were then incorrect? Yes, correct. Yeah, oh, they were incorrect. Okay, okay. And she- he does not live there anymore. Okay, so she may have actually gone close to them, but not went up to the door or thought she was in the wrong place or whatever. We don't actually know. Where was the third address then? Because there were three people. I Yeah, so she was going to go down and see Dallas had an ex-girlfriend that he was really close to. And she wanted to go to the ex-girlfriend's house and she never made it there either. The only person that ever saw her alive was Sean. Well, the ex-girlfriend's mom is who she wanted yeah to she see. wanted to go see the ex-girlfriend's mom yes that's correct um okay. and the only place that we know for sure that she made it to was sean's um that's and then of course we saw her after she left sean's on video at big five fred myers the bank and at the hotel but um we know that she went hiking at the fish hatchery north right um because we found lorna found that out actually that she had purchased a ticket um for hiking and a day pass a day pass so we know that she went there on the 29th. What 20, uh, she it was, it was 28, 29, right? Right. Right. Because um, she actually paid for two days. I'm not sure if she didn't have a $5 bill and just put a 10 in and paid for two days or what went on, but the, there were two days paid. Okay. And how they pull their batches, Michelle, they, her, her, so they're they're all in like a little envelope or whatever. Yes. Paper that and it was all bunched together. So that's how we found out Lorna did. She found that out actually is how it was in that batch of the 28th and 29th. Okay. Because she actually wrote the wrong date on it. But uh, it's probably because she didn't know what day it was or something, or maybe, you know, just just an honest mistake like we always do. Right. And um, and so we know for a fact it was either the 28th or 29th because she had put $10 in and it was only $5 for a day pass. Okay. And she dropped the hitchhiker off there. At the corner of Fish Hatchery and Cheney Creek. Okay. Where did the hitchhiker go? Where did she say she was going after that? To someone's house right there on the corner. Okay. Okay. And she never made it, made it to the other end that she was going to spend the night. Correct. So no, she never made it to We Ask You In. I actually spoke to the lady from We Ask You In that did her reservation. And she remembered Fauna very, very um, vividly because she said that she recognized her name as a beautiful name. And uh-huh. she said that um, she had a short conversation with her and, and Fauna was looking, uh, looking forward to getting away and coming and staying at the at one of the lodges there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when she came in the next day, she was quite shocked to find out that Fauna never made it. She never checked in because it was a couple hundred dollars to stay there. So it's not like, you know, that's actually, I believe the most expensive hotel lodge down in Grants Pass, I think. Um, and so, yeah, she never made it. And um, the lady also- was quite surprised when she came in the next day and said that she never showed up, never checked in. Which would also maybe explain why she got $200 out of the ATM, which you guys have said on the Facebook page. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why she got $200 out of the ATM. I think, you know, that's why people go back to the hitchhiker thinking maybe she got the $200 out for the hitchhiker. Yeah. But I can tell you, we don't know that because she, when she got the hitchhiker got picked up on the 29th, I believe. Right. Was it the same day? 28th or 29th? What? when the Desiree got picked up, she didn't have cash on her. Yeah. June 29th, Desiree got picked up and she did not have $200 cash on her. 
So if Fauna was going to take money to her, she didn't have it on her. And I can tell, you know, another question we've got asked you, Melissa, is did maybe she bought those clothes for Desiree, the hitchhiker, but those clothes were Fauna size and Desiree's quite a bit thinner than Fauna, even though Fauna's pretty pretty petite herself, but um, they were Fauna size. So, and it's type of clothing that Fauna would wear. So again, I think she purchased those clothes for herself. Um, but I don't know, maybe she wanted just to have some cash on her. Yeah, I don't know cash. why she picked up $200. Did she have credit cards? Did she use credit yes. cards? She has a debit card and that's how we're able to um, see these purchases. Um, and she also um, has not, there's no activity since June 29th on her credit card or debit card. So one other thing that confused me online on the Facebook page was that people started talking about snow where her car was. And it seems to me living in Oregon that in Grants Pass in June, late June to July, there wouldn't be snow on the ground. There was no Um, snow. No, no snow. Okay. In fact, we actually, Lorna looked it up. What was the weather back then? It was 69 degrees was the high. Okay. on the 28th of June. Okay. So, it didn't reach a hundred in Grants Pass until mid-July. Okay. Yeah, because it de- definitely gets a l- warmer down there. Right. But because, I, you know, we were wondering in the clothes that she's wearing, we see her on the video at the bank and she's wearing leggings, which makes right. sense. It was, you right. know, a little cooler in the yep. 60s, high 60s. Right. And in the shade, you know, it might be a little bit cooler than, feel cooler than that. Sure. But it's actually a nice temperature to have a nice thin sweatshirt jacket or whatever, you know, like hoodie, whatever, not hoodie, but you know what I mean? Like a little sports, sports yeah. wear jacket and right. free leggings. I mean, and the stuff that she bought sounds like her. And, you know, my thought, even like if she was going to buy this, let's just, let's just hypothesize. She was going to buy somebody else shampoo and conditioner and, you know, a few mm-hmm. things you wouldn't buy them two different brands. You'd probably buy them the same brand. It sounds like those are her favorite brands. Well, I don't know if those are the favorite. I don't know because I've never been to Gooseberries. I don't know if they carry a lot of stuff. Maybe she just grabbed it because it was quick and it was inexpensive. Um, and yeah, I thought that was Fred Meyer. What? Oh, I'm sorry, Fred Meyers. You're correct. I was yeah. looking at the wrong list. Yeah, you're right. That yeah. was Fred Meyers. Um, I know that she told her dad she needed to go to Fred Meyers because, you know, she'd been out all day and didn't have anything right. um so she was gonna as soon as she got off the phone from Myers, she or got off the phone with her dad she went to fred myers um but and did she did she get the 200 before she did all those stops before she went to big five and fred meyer or was it afterwards she got it at eight at 9 44 a.m on the next day on june 29th before she went to big five and gooseberries okay okay but so. after fred myers fred myers was that night Okay. And at Big Five Sports and Fred Meyer, did she use cash or did she use? No, she used her debit card. Oh, see, that's another interesting thing. Okay. So she was using her debit card. Yes. Okay. And we should just note that the cadaver dogs, they did, or cadaver dogs, they did take cadaver dogs out there, but they didn't find any, any sign of her too in search and rescue. No, they didn't get anything at all. Not I don't even think they had one dog's nose up, which is a sign that um, there could be something, but we had quite a bit of, we had two teams from Idaho and some from, one from Northern California. We had, um, gosh, I think there was seven different, seven dogs, I think, or close to it. So we should note that law enforcement, or is that outside of law enforcement that's doing the cadaver dogs? And, and so- we took it upon ourselves to hire um, an agency to okay. come in and help. Okay. Um, we hired um, John Francis. John Francis Foundation to come in and help. He hired um, a gal, Tori, from Idaho, and, and one of another gal and her husband. They brought um, three dogs in, and then I had learned through someone through Jackson County, the neighboring county down there, that they have something called Corzar. So I brought it up to Sheriff Daniels about Corzar and asked if he'd please get um, Corzar involved, which is the surround. So they work together when there goes a missing person case, they have 
I think it's like California, Oregon search and rescue. Um, and they all work together. So when I spoke to Jackson County, they said they're ready to go. They've heard about Fauna's case and they would love to help. Their problem is, is you have to have their approval from the sheriff to get them to be able to come and help. The sheriff has to ask for help from neighboring counties to be able to come in and help. So we asked Sheriff Daniels if he would do that and he did. And that's okay. how we got a bigger search group that weekend. Um, I know that Maria Valdez, which is a in charge of search and rescue down at Josephine County, she has searched on her own with her um, with one dog a, a few times. Um, I we, think seven. Like seven times. She has not gotten anything. Um, but I think as far as we know, Michelle, the, Melissa, I'm sorry. Um, as That's far okay. as we know, Melissa, that the only area that has been searched with cadaver dogs is Ruben Mountain. Which is where her car was found. To our knowledge, nothing else has been searched with cadaver dogs. Like, you know, um, the fish hatchery, that hasn't been searched. Okay. Um, Onion Mountain Road hasn't been searched. So it sounded like before you and I got on the phone, you had been talking to the detective. Uh, yes, I was talking to Sheriff Dave Daniels. Okay, so does he give you updates? Do we do we have anything? What are they doing right now? Like, that's got to be well, frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, he doesn't have anything. He has nothing to go off of. It's it, you know, it's hard. It's, and from a civilian side, it's it's hard because they are a very small um sheriff's office i can't I, I can't remember how many deputies they have but not very many um, they don't have detectives um and so there's not a lot you know that they can do we do have the help and assistance from um osp oregon state mm -hmm. patrol but um you know i i just wish we had more help honestly right so at this point it's he gives us updates if yes, he does give us updates. Um, I generally work more with Oregon State Police. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Dave is overworked. He has a ton of missing people in that area. Um, I believe it was that, six or seven missing women in that in that same vicinity. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. Is that on the Facebook group? You know, somebody comments about how many women are missing from that yes. area and that one had actually gone missing almost exactly to the day one day apart yes. a year earlier so can you speak to that and how about sheriff daniels does he talk about that at all i mean is he concerned about some sort of a serial case not that i'm aware of you know i i have brought it up to his attention um not one of those ladies have been found all of them have been traveling alone. So that's one thing in common is every single one has been traveling alone. Um, I don't know, you know, I really don't know Dave's take on that. Um, I'm not sure, but it is, it's very concerning to me um, that this many people have gone missing in that area. And they're very similar as far as, you know, all traveling alone. Right. But one thing that sets Fauna aside from all of them, but one of them, one of them is kind of similar to Fauna's case, you know, is, you know, Fauna wasn't, uh, she's not a homeless person. She's not a transient. She's not a runaway. Um, she generally doesn't hang out. But I just, it's not, yeah. she just literally went down there and has vanished without a trace. Right. So the other one that is similar to Fauna um, do you have her name and, and what, what is similar? Was she like also not? Well, I just mean that she was traveling. Well, they're all traveling alone, but, okay. um, I don't, um, she wasn't homeless. I think yeah. there are a couple, I don't have the paperwork in front of me. I had okay. a, P, a PI did some research on it and she sent me all these cases. So unfortunately I can't really go off of it if I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, no, just, that's fine. I would be guessing if I was speaking about it. There is one gal, but I, I don't recall her name without looking at my notes um, okay. that, um, you know, was, you know. Was, was that not, the one that was almost just exactly a year before that? I don't remember actually, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I'd have to That's look okay. back at my notes for my uh, private investigator. Okay, and was it just in the area of Grants Pass? Was it in the area of- No, it's all Josephine County. Okay, 
Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a big county. And if you are ever in that area and where you see where Fauna's car is on Ruben Mountain, I mean, you would understand it's, it's pretty frightening to be honest with you, Melissa. I mean, I went there with my husband during the search and I was just glad to be with my husband during that search because it's, it's frightening. You know, there are some areas that's pretty scary. I wouldn't travel alone if I was a female on that mountain. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Okay. Well, I know I remember, I recall a woman going missing in Josephine County and I think she's still missing. She did have a bit of a drug problem and was kind of, you know, struggling a little bit with her mental health. Um, and I, I know that she's still missing in Josephine County, but I don't know if that's how close that is. So um, I was just wondering if it was kind of the same person, um, but I do think that Fauna's is different. Fauna had money, she had resources, she had a car, she had the ability to, you know, get herself out of a pickle, right? Oh yeah. I, she I mean, wasn't she, reliant upon somebody no, else. No, she had, you know, a career. She built houses with her dad. I mean, she... Yeah. She does very well for herself. Um, I'm trying to find um, the email that I received from my private investigator so I could tell you about all the ladies missing. One second. Okay. Hold on one second. It was sent to me quite a, it was a while ago, so. Let me see, try one other place real quick. I know that there was a gal, a private investigator that did a write-up about this um, down there. Okay. Um, yeah, I found it. Here it is. So there's um, there's Kimberly Miracle. She's 46, disappeared in 2017. Okay. Uh, Erica Hogg is 37. Uh, she was last seen in Selma. What year was that? Um, let's see. May, last seen, May of 2018. Okay. Um, Mindy Gates is 40. I'm just going, I think this has been updated from her, but I'm just kind of going okay. from yeah. uh, an old email. What Lisa, year was Mindy Gates? This is all within the last two years. Okay. Okay. Lisa Cronin is 43. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of rummaging through it real quick. Yeah. Um, yep. No biggie. I mean, there's a, there's a couple more, I think I'm missing on this, but okay. I mean, it's just, it's scary. There's several it's a little suspicious. It is. And they're all within two years. They're, and one thing I will say is they're all traveling alone and not one body has been recovered. Wow. And to me, that's scary. I mean, yeah. Fauna is not a survivalist. She's not sitting and camping out in the wilderness. No, you know, she, yeah, she likes to hike and she's in great shape. Um, you know, she, her dad is a hiker. I mean, he's 72 and he can, I mean, he was right with the search and rescue hiking. I mean, he's amazing. And he has literally goes down to Grants Pass and all he does is he searches and hikes every hiking trail he can find just looking for his daughter. Um, and, but she liked to hike, but she wasn't a survivalist. Right. Um, and so, and I, th I think it's fair to say that one of the frustrations from those of us who don't understand law enforcement is that 
it's very clear to us that there's some criminal case here. There's something that happened to her. She didn't go away and walk off the grid. Um, That's clear to everyone who knows her and everyone close to her. So now to get law enforcement to actually start start classifying it as a suspicious or criminal case um, seems like that's really the hardest part. And why? Unless she has gone and had a complete nervous breakdown and, you know, I've never had a nervous breakdown, so I'm not sure, but, you know, that is the only way I can see that she would be somewhere Otherwise, yes. I mean, I definitely feel like this should be turned into a criminal investigation, but unfortunately without any crime, you know, they can't turn it into a criminal investigation. So I understand from the law point of view, I understand that the way that, how the way that they have handled things because of the law, but when it comes to your loved one, you know, it's just really hard to understand that, wait, but it's believed that she had her brother's phone. Why can't we ping it? But unfortunately that's just not how it works. It has to be, they have to have a reason to get a subpoena in order to get a judge to sign a subpoena. Um, You have to have a reason to be able to get it. And there's no criminal activity right now. You know, they found her car. They didn't, they didn't, they found it all intact, you know? Um, So helping you, you ladies who are, you know, two inexperienced newbies, just trying to do the right thing by a friend and help, you know, the dad, how can people help? Who do you need to reach out to you um, other than someone who knows something? I mean, that's the given, right? There's somebody who knows something in town and please reach out to law enforcement tip line. There is a reward um, as well as, you know, reach out anonymously to her, her, to her Facebook page, to her um, website, you know, something like that. But what else could you guys use in terms of resources that you don't have the knowledge or wherewithal to do yourselves? Well, I think, I mean, you kind of mentioned most everything. I mean, we really, would love for somebody to come forward. We have an anonymous anonymous tip line um, (laughs) and law enforcement is not in charge of our tip line. We are in charge of the tip line. John just wants to find his daughter and find out what happened to her. He doesn't, that's all he wants. And what's the phone number? Do you have that in front of you? Um, 541-359-5638. And John is willing to give a large reward to anyone that brings us to Fauna. Um, And we also have a PO box. If somebody wants to mail in the information that they have. Great. It's PO box 70648 Springfield, Oregon 97475. 97405? Okay, so that's 541-359-5638, or you can mail your tip to P.O. Box 70648, Springfield, Oregon, 97475. Yes. We need to bring her home and give her dad closure and her um, her friends um, so you guys can all sleep at night and know that... Um, that she's somewhere not feeling pain, I guess. I don't, I don't know how else to put that in a way that sounds at all positive, but I do think there's criminal activity here. I do, I don't think she went missing on her own. Um, and so if anybody knows anything, please reach out to somebody. Um, if you have any way of knowing how to get around some of these issues with the phone company and that kind of thing, let them know as well. That would be helpful. Um, Ladies, I so appreciate you guys coming on with me today and sharing her story. And I hope that this can get a little bit of word out and get somebody to do the right thing. Um, Do you have any last closing comments? Yeah. If, you know, anybody is holding her without her will, please, please just let her go. Let her come home to her dad. Let her mourn 
her loss with her father the way it should be. Just let her be, let her go. And I mean, we all miss her. We really just want her home. And, you know, we pray that we find her alive. But even if we don't, we just need closure for John. So if anybody has any information, we just ask to please and pray that you come forward with some information. And if you want to be anonymous, we understand he doesn't care. All he wants is closure to find out what happened to his daughter. Um, so we can go on with our lives and John can go on with his lives. And we just really hope that somebody else understands his pain, that this is his last child. And mm -hmm. he is, he's dying inside. He just really needs to bring his daughter home. Yeah. Lorna, anything from you? Jenny summed it up. Okay. All right. Well, ladies, I so appreciate it. Um, I hope this creates some spin of something and, uh, you know, being local, it, it, you know, I know the areas I've been in the areas, uh, I've not been to the particular place where her car was found, but, um, you know, I just feel that, um, it's kind of one of us, you know, one of us Oregonians. So um, my heart breaks for you guys. And I think you're doing God's good work by helping John and the family um, to bring closure and um, you're good friends. So I just wanted to say thank you. I'm sorry we're meeting under this circumstance, but um, I'm, I'm honored that you came on and decided to talk to us. Well, I wanna thank you too for keeping her story alive and keeping our story out there and reaching other people as well. So that's one thing that we can continue to do. So Fauna doesn't get um, forgotten is we have to keep her story out there. The more that we keep her out there and the more exposure Fauna gets, the more pressure it will put on law enforcement um, to, to still help with our case, to get this car processed so we can maybe start getting some answers. So again, thank you so much for doing this for Fauna and for her family. Um, we really appreciate you doing that. And if people could just continue to share her story, that would be a tremendous help. Because I said, you know, like I said, as many people that know about the story. Yes. Somebody knows something. There's somebody out there. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, ladies. Well, thank have you. a great rest of your day. I appreciate it. And, um, you know, let me know if anything comes up and you want to give us an update at any point. We'd, we'd love to have you back on. All right. Thanks so much. Have a You're good day. Welcome. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.